Welcome to the Knowing God Podcast. The hope of this podcast is that it would help you to know the Word of God so that you may ultimately know God. I'm your host, Andrew Rutten. Okay, today we are moving on from Colossians 3 verse 12, and we're getting into verse 13. I think we'll be in verse 13 for just two episodes, so today we're going to look at the first phrase of the verse. And if you've been tracking with us, you know that Paul has shifted to giving a list of virtues that he encourages Christians to put on. Or in other words, he is giving us virtues that should define us. And this verse then is going to take that another step. And specifically today, we will look at what those virtues should produce relationally. Okay, now that might make more sense as we get into it. So let me read verse 12 just to give us the context, and then the first phrase of verse 13. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. What is the fruit or benefit of living out all these virtues? If you successfully would put on compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, what does that do? What fruit does that bear in our lives? Or to put it more bluntly, what's the point? Now, in some sense, it's probably most accurate to say that we do this because it honors and glorifies God. The more we live in line with his word and the way he calls us to live, we'll glorify him and honor him in greater ways. So us living out these virtues show that he is greater than living out of our flesh or out of the ways of the world. It gives him honor to follow and obey. It's just like when you know I was growing up. If my parents told me to mow the yard and I obeyed, That was honoring their will for me and the authority they have in my life. It gives them glory or prominence in my life when I do what they tell me to do rather than a thousand other things. Or if a coach told me to participate in a drill and I immediately listened and did the drill, that is honoring the coach. It gives him glory or value because I immediately obeyed his voice. So too, when God calls us to something, it honors and glorifies him when we do it. So fundamentally, the purpose and fruit of living out these virtues is that it glorifies God. But I want us to notice that Paul takes a little different step here. He doesn't go vertical with our relationship with God, but he remains horizontal, our relationship with others. Remember, all these virtues are relational in nature how we view people, how we respond to people. And Paul says that these virtues will produce something in your relationships. So let's consider it relationally or communally. Let's say you really begin to live out being gentle, being compassionate, being patient. What would that change? Here's what I think the temptation for us might be. When I start really growing in these areas, it might start to build this sense of pride in me. You know, look how I'm living. Look at how I treat people. Maybe it would cause me to feel a little better than other people. Maybe it would cause me to start judging other Christians, start thinking, 
Why can't these other Christians figure things out like me? Now, let's be real. Almost none of us are saying those things out loud, but it's easy to drift into comparing our areas of growth to others' areas of weakness. And here's what Paul says. Once we live these virtues out, you know what it causes us to do? Not judge, not puff our metaphorical chests out in accomplishment, not need to teach other people how they can grow like me. He says it should cause us to bear with one another. Think about that for a moment. The more you grow in virtues, the more you grow in understanding of others. You becoming more gentle doesn't make you judge the harsh, makes you bear with one another. You becoming more kind doesn't make you arrogantly look down on those who don't love people like you. It causes you to bear with one another. And when he mentions this idea of bearing with one another, it's similar to enduring with people through bad or hard times. Richard Mellick says it this way, that bearing with one another is putting up with others even when they fail or act differently from what is expected. You have relationships where this happens, where others fail or act differently than what you expected. You know, I have good friends that I think different than. I see the world a little different than they do, and it's not always easy relationally. Christian, it's not odd when we disagree on things or when we hurt each other or when we fail. That's why Paul says we are going to need the virtues of verse 12 in our Christian communities. Because at times, in order to endure relationally, we will need to bear with one another in our differences. And in order to do that, we need to do two things. First, we need to actively put on these virtues for the good of others. We're not putting these on for ourselves. You know, we cannot commit to growing in meekness so that you can judge other Christians who aren't meek. You cannot work on patience so you're better than the rest of your small group at patience. You cannot grow in gentleness so that it's your spouse that is always the one who's too harsh with others. Virtues are not for a personal gain. They are for the good of others. And once again, think about Christ. Why was he compassionate, gentle, humble, meek, and patient? Not to show you how much better he is than you. He did it for the good of others. And he did it so that he could humbly bear with us as he walked on earth. He did it so that he could enter into our brokenness and sin, not so that he could scoff at us from on high. So too, our virtuous living is so that we can endure relationally with others, so that we can offer goodness to others. Which leads me to my final point here. In order to bear with one another, you need people in your life that are different from you. Let me say that again. If you want to live out what it looks like to bear with one another, you need people in your life that are different from you. You don't have to endure or bear with someone if they look, think, act, and talk just like you do. No need to endure or put on patience and humility and kindness if you are merely around people that perfectly resemble who you are and what you already think and do. If your community is not diverse in thought, background, personalities, age, or life stage, you probably don't need to endure much. 
Paul has in mind a community that is different than each other in most ways, but united with one another in Christ. And that type of community is not a picture of perfection on earth. It's going to take bearing with one another in compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. So here's what I want to leave you with today. I want you to ask yourself two reflective questions. And I really want to encourage you, take time, write these down if you need to, pause this, whatever you need to do. I really want to encourage you to prayerfully take time on these. When we think about the idea of bearing with one another, here's two questions. First, as you've grown, has it resulted in greater understanding or greater judgment? When you look at others, as you've grown, has it resulted in greater understanding or greater judgment? Now, here's the second question. Is your community diverse enough to need to endure with one another? Is your community diverse enough to need to endure with one another? On either of those, if your spiritual maturity and growth has resulted in greater judgment, or if your community is not diverse enough in all those different areas that you don't really have to bear with one another, we're missing the point of good, healthy Christian community. So ask yourself, as you've grown, has it resulted in greater understanding or greater judgment? And is your community diverse enough to need to endure with one another? As we grow in maturity, it should result in a greater understanding of other people that allows us to bear with and endure relationally with people who are different than us. Friends, may God bless you and keep you. May he give you favor, grace, and peace.